0: Welcome to the Best of Agile and Scrum podcast hosted by Agile Cockpit, accelerating organizations through data-driven transformation. My name is Martin and I'm your host. Today we are talking to Evan Laborn, co-founder and CEO of the Business Agility Institute. Evan, thank you for joining us. For those that do not know you, could you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Oh, good morning. And uh, it's a pleasure to be here. So, I've been doing agile since 2003 I've been doing what we now call business agility since 2008, where it's, it started in, in my career started as, as a, as a sort of scrum master and an agile consultant. I never sort of get, got around to calling myself an agile coach. Um, I think I respect coaches too, and the skill of coaching too much to call myself a coach. Cause I don't have some of those skills. Um, and, when I got into the uh, business agility world, it was very much uh, uh, if you've heard of a concept called the Peter principle, right, where you get promoted to your level of incompetence, that was me. I got made a director um, This was in the Australian public service and uh, had to very much, very quickly figure out how to be a good director. And I wasn't to begin with. Um, This is where I started looking at why I wasn't, I was a good team leader. I was a good project manager. I was a good scrum master. But when I was exploring why I wasn't feeling like I was doing good at my job, I realized that the challenges that I was facing, coordination, like getting alignment between teams, that cooperation, getting a, getting the, teams to deliver not what i want but something that was important for the customer um i realized that what we had done in in agile was i I won't necessarily say the answer but i've realized there was a lot i could draw upon from my agile experience into running a division uh, of an organization and once I made that aha moment, that's when sort of I started uh, doing, I'll be honest, I was doing business agility then, not necessarily being um, agile, uh, but uh, it was a huge help and that helped me develop as, as a person, as a leader, and then obviously my career uh, just followed down that path ever since.
0: Excellent. Thanks for that introduction. So you mentioned the Business Agility Institute. You are the co-founder and CEO, and you've been working on that for a couple of years now. Uh, We just talked about it before we started the recording. We met uh, at Agile 2017 in Orlando, and you mentioned the Institute then, Uh, proud as you were. Could you tell us a little bit about the Institute and its mission? Because I found that really an inspiring story.
1: So we started... In, in March of 2017, uh, I, no, sorry, in March of 2016, I was in India and I was speaking at Agile India, a great conference, uh, but I was sitting uh, after the conference, uh, sitting down with a Canadian coach called Ellen Grove. And we were just lamenting the fact that every Agile um, Every agile conference was the same, the same speakers, the same stories. And when we were talking business agility, there was nobody who there was no one in the audience who could do anything about what we were saying, Agile coaches and scrum masters and developers were nodding and going, yes, we need this. This is amazing. Please do this. But then when, when they went back to their offices, they could do nothing. So I was a little bit frustrated and Ellen sort of challenged me, why don't you create a business agility conference? And so I did. I'm um, being very bad with names, I called it the business agility conference. <laughs> so, so in 2017, we hosted the first business agility conference in New York. It went incredibly well. And I think rather arrogantly, I'd assumed I'd know like, of the attendees that I had my finger on the pulse of what was happening around the world but I was very far from wrong no I was very far from right I was wrong (laughs) let me get my sentence correct so I realized that there was a much more vibrant community than there was um, uh, than I'd ever imagined so A little bit later in 2017, um, I was working for IBM at the time. And a little bit later, I had the personal opportunity to move back to Australia. I was living in Singapore. And so this gave me, I was at a crossroads. Do I stay with IBM? Do I move to IBM Australia? Do I join another consulting firm? Do I do something else? To be honest, I was sick of being a consultant that career wasn 't something that was necessary fulfilling for me personally, and so after we moved, we had this idea is okay, what is there that I can do that will support? And I thought about the conference i don 't want to run conferences. I enjoyed it, but that 's not i 'm not an event manager. I thought about what I enjoyed about the conference, which was the community, and so i I set out with my co-founder Ahmed Sidki to create a community organization, one focused on business agility and one focused on creating an organization that could be trusted. We don't do consulting we don't do training we don't do certification there's many 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 other organizations out there that will do that but We want to be an independent voice, or a standards body, right, for business agility. We do research. We have six research teams around the world right now, uh, exploring sort of deep, wicked problems. We have uh, a number of community events that, obviously, we still have our flagship events in New York. We actually just came back from New York just before COVID-19 hit. Um, We have events and communities in Brazil, in Indonesia, all across India, across Europe, uh it, uh colombia you name it we we have a community somewhere nearby so that's been the journey over the last three years in creating this almost well, yeah almost heading towards four years now and we've just been creating this creating and supporting this community because again uh i'm learning every day i learn more about the community than i knew before which is such an amazing experience
0: Excellent. And I I figure you get to meet a lot of people. So what would you say are, are some of the greatest accomplishments that you've had with the Institute or, or stories that you've heard from all those people that you speak to about what the Institute has brought them?
1: Um, so on a personal level, I know at least two different people who have started dating and gotten married because they met at one of our conferences, oh, wow. um, which, which I wasn't expecting. <laughs> <when> <laughs> but I suppose Fair you enough. get a social community going and people are going to meet, but all joking aside, we've helped people find careers. We've helped people find meaning. Um, uh, we've been supporting uh, new and upcoming thought leaders in, in, Uh, both creating and sharing their ideas. We've shone a light on some of the poor behavior that's out there as well. Uh, We know people and organizations find us to be a very refreshing, authentic voice. Uh, So it's why people keep coming back uh, to our our library, on on our websites, to our events, and just talking to us. Um, Our job there, our job, uh, what's that saying? Uh, A rising tide lifts all ships. So we have been and are being the rising tide, we are trying to lift everybody up. And uh, a lot of people are finding a lot of personal value in being a part of that.
0: Awesome. That's great to hear. And, and I'm sensing it's like the, the breadth of that, that value that you deliver is, is really enormous I'm, I'm, because it's such a broad concept, right? Business agility that that sort mm-hmm. of brings me to my next question. It's one of those terms that could easily turn into a buzzword, right? I mean, a lot of organizations are mentioning it now. It's included in say 5.0, for example. Um, You being the standards body, what would your definition of business agility be?
1: Yeah. So I used to have a sort of a a, a simple definition. It's like business agility is the capacity and willingness of an organization to adapt to create and leverage change for their customers benefit. But that's a cliche, to be honest. Um, It's pretty
0: broad. It's all encompassing basically. Yeah.
1: That's it, so we actually ended up creating, and we don't have time to go into detail here, but we created a model which we use as a better definition of business agility. I call it the don't forget model, because if you're gonna transform an organization, here are all the elements that you need to touch on. So business agility touches on the customer, right? it's a customer-centric organization. Right? The workforce, the board of directors, right? the, the your partners, you can't, uh, You're only as agile as your suppliers and your distributors and your vendors. It touches on leadership in people management, in building sense of unity or one team, Uh, strategic agility, incredibly important right now in COVID-19, individual domains around growth mindset and ownership and accountability and craft excellence Um, and the operations of a business, process agility, enterprise agility and structural agility. What it's not is agile outside IT. And in fact, interesting, in early in my career, that's what I was defining business agility as. Um, and that was my immaturity in understanding at the time. Don't get me wrong, agile outside IT is valid and, and good, but it is a small part of the journey that is ahead of you. So uh, if we look at, if we take that in totality, that little one sentence definition that I gave is still true, but the depth behind it and the, what it means to your organizational structure, how you form teams, what it means to your HR policies, what it means to your governance structures is vitally important. So that is business agility. And again, uh, if you check out the library and look at the domains of business agility, you'll see a lot of the details, which is there.
0: And I like what you're saying, because for a lot of people, it indeed means agility outside of IT, but there's so much more. And because agility outside of IT just typically keeps it within that organization, right? And as you mentioned, are suppliers, there's customers, there's all kinds of parties involved in this picture. And it's important to to look at those as well.
1: That's it. Excellent. It's, it's- I don't I think a lot of people have forgotten about systems thinking. It was very popular in the, yeah. in the 80s and 90s uh, and you got a small resurgence in the sort of mid like about 2010 2012 but you don't hear um, enough of it these days. But systems thinking is is very much the key. Uh, your software division is is a small component. Of, of the flow of value uh, you can only be as agile as your least agile part, and if you have a really dynamic agile software function right uh, but it takes you three months to hire the right person or eighteen months to get a budget change approved um, then they your that's your restriction to agility, not how well you're doing scrum in software
0: absolutely absolutely so um Talking about business agility and organizations looking to achieve that, what what would you say is the biggest bottleneck or the biggest biggest pitfall that you see in those scenarios where organizations are actively working on it?
1: So that's a very broad question. Um, Obviously, the the cliched answer or the trite answer is it depends and it depends on each organization. but you don't want to hear it depend. So let me go a little bit deeper into into that. I would say there is a few common elements. So first of all, from our research, we know that the number one predictive, key predictive indicator for transformation success is the transformation of finance and your funding models. Um, That is the number one predictive indicator. It doesn't mean if you don't do it, you're going to fail. just means that uh, if you do do it, it correlates incredibly strongly to success. Um, so, having some engagement from finance with finance, whether that's a full-on financial transformation, adopting lean accounting, or or, or beyond budgeting concepts, or, or some of the agile accounting standards, then. It, It doesn't have to go quite that far though obviously it's good if it does the other area that i think organizations fall down upon is their governance and how they measure i don't mean measure the transformation i just mean measure people in general the kpis that most people are held to are financially driven how many widgets did we sell what is our revenue or profit for this quarter and there's a great saying, and for the life of me, I forget who said it, um, you get the behavior that you measure, probably Deming or singing or something,
0: um, was, and
1: yeah. um, this is very true. If you measure purely financial measures, uh, metrics, trends, then you will skew the organization only to those financial trends but a healthy organization needs to care about other things as well you we still need to care about finance absolutely but a healthy organization looks at other things it's like going to the gym and only working and skipping leg day because leg day is not important all right it's you never skip leg day you got to have you got to exercise everything i say that as someone who doesn't go to the gym ever <laughs> so so i am probably hypocritical using that as a metaphor <laughs>
0: That's fine. It, it it paints the picture, so it's perfectly fine. <laughs> Thank you for that. So so that just to summarize the, the the two common sort of pitfalls that I'm hearing is we don't necessarily always measure, or organizations don't necessarily always measure the right things. It it's mm-hmm. too um, too focused on money alone, and money alone should not be the measurement. Uh, and then on the other end of the scale, there's you, you need finance, right? You need finance buying. you need that agile budgeting, that lean agile budgeting, for example, to be in place because otherwise that's gonna be the biggest constraint within the organization.
1: Correct, absolutely. Excellent. Excellent.
0: And on that, that last topic, I actually spoke to, to Rami Sirki, I'm not sure, Evan, if you know him. Um, he's, a, he's an SPCT and he's an expert on lean agile budgeting. Uh, I spoke to him a couple of weeks back about this topic. So for people listening to this podcast, if you want to learn more about lean agile budgeting, uh, go to our podcast list and, and go back to that. Um, so, Evan, final question for you. Um, do you have any thoughts on what the next big thing is going to be in the business agility paradigm?
1: My crystal ball has never been overly shiny. Um, I would probably say that given the focus on COVID-19 right now, strategic agility, adaptive strategy, emergent strategy, whatever you want to call it is going to be a big focus. The ability for an organization to adapt their their organizational strategy, their strategic initiatives and have those change dynamically as market changes. I, I can say fairly categorically that not a single company on the planet has been untouched by COVID-19 such that their strategy from January is their strategy now in May, right? right. In, in four months, three months, two months, organizational strategies have been completely ripped apart. And those organizations that have that strategic agility, Business agility, muscle memory, who are able to, um, uh, who who have learned how to adapt. They're the ones who have been able to adapt to COVID-19 effectively and quickly. Uh, um, Those organizations who who can't, uh, they're the ones who are just jumping from decision to decision, from internal crisis to internal crisis, because they're not good at that adaptation. Um, uh, if I can do a very quick pitch, we have a conference coming up in four weeks called Emerging from Con- uh, from Crisis, um, which depending on when this gets published, I'm not sure when that's going to be. But, yeah, I was going to ask um, what's
0: the date of the conference because I'll try to publish this uh, as soon uh, as I can, but-
1: june 17 18 19 but the entire p- point of this is to showcase companies that have that muscle memory who have learned from prior crises um, whether it was the global financial crisis or the arab spring um, those who have built a culture of ad- adaptability like bertog we have them speaking they're not on the website yet they're going we're going to be adding them to the website very shortly we just spoke to them yesterday right but these companies who've got that ability to adapt and and when covid19 emerged it, it's bad it is probably one of the worst of the biggest impacts of a crisis globally right uh for most organizations though interestingly we also have the ceo of a very large turkish financial service uh, financial organization. And as they say, um, we have crises all the time. So we're used to this. Um, But it certainly is a massive impact. So we've invited these speakers who have gone through crisis, who've come out the other side and have this culture of adaptability. And I think to get back to your question, that is going to be the big focus. How do we create strategic agility uh, as as a domain of business agility? inside organizations so that when uh, the next wave of COVID-19 comes or the next crisis that we cannot predict by their very nature comes, organizations are, they've, they've got that muscle memory. They know how to respond.
0: Awesome. Evan, thank you again for your time. Great conversation. Thank you for everybody else for listening. Please leave us your feedback and hope to see you next time. Thanks, Evan.
1: Thank you.